Hi, I'm Chris McBrien. And I'm Derek Myers. Here at Pop Goes Your World, we've received a lot of great feedback on how much people enjoy the trivia segments that we do at the end of every episode. So we've decided to go back and put together compilations of the Fun With Yancey and Fun With Caveman segments we've done over the years as a set of bonus episodes. We hope you enjoy the fun. Episode 44. This is Spinal Tap Movie Review. Fun with Yancey. Okay, so uh, we're, you're going to give me some trivia on this movie, right? Yep, I'm going to try. All right, well, g- give me a give me a, give me a shot and see what happens. Okay, so at the very beginning when you see the the film director and he is basically introducing the film and talking about the band, yeah. uh, he gives three qualities that he admires about Spinal Tap at the very beginning. The three are their exuberance, their raw power, and their blank. What is it? Oh, is it their – oh, I don't know. It's their exuberance, their raw power, and their punctuality. Their punctuality. <laughs> oh, jeez. Which was just really – Really weird to me, but uh, okay. So uh, the band, when they're talking about their inception, uh, they talked about their name, what their first name was, which was the Originals. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they discovered that they're not the original Originals, which I thought was really, really funny. And so then they decided to change their name. And what did they change their name they, to? They became the New Originals. All right. So the the band. Let me rephrase this. You're actually you're right. You, you kind of caught me in this. Okay. So they became the new originals, and then the band that was the originals changed their name to what? Oh, the, oh, the, oh, I don't I don't remember. So so the the original the originals changed their name to something else. I don't remember what they changed it to. Yeah, they changed it to the regulars. Oh, the regulars. <laughs> right. Okay. So you had the originals, the new right. originals, and then the originals changed their name to the regulars. And at that point, the new originals decided it wasn't worth it to change their name again. So right. I, I thought that was really funny. Because because they didn't Spinal Tap go on to call themselves then the the the, the Tamesmen. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then went to Spinal you, Tap. You would know more than I would, yeah. but yes. Um, okay, so. According to the official IMBD page, how many band members have been a part of This Is Spinal Tap? 37. 37, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay. All right. Spinal Tap has made two appearances on The Simpsons show. Of course, we talked about Harry Shearer has been on The Simpsons for a long time. He was in this film, obviously, as the basis. Um, can you name which two years Spinal Tap as a whole band made an appearance on The Simpsons? Oh, in The Simpsons, I don't know. I would say, like, I'm going to guess at 88 and 92. You were half right. You got 80, or I'm sorry, you got 92, was dead on, and 1989. So you were just one Ooh, year off. by a year. Oh, not bad. So you were right there. Not bad. Okay. Uh, so Rob Reiner, we talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show. Yep. He wrote most of this show and directed it, or most of this movie, rather. Mm-hmm. He has a really long career with tons of credits and dozens and dozens of projects. I'm really sure diverse. Uh, awesome, awesome guy. Lots of talent. However, he has only ever been nominated for one Academy Award. Can you name the film that he was nominated for? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I don't think it was when Harry met Sally. No, it's got to be Misery. I'll go with Misery. It was actually 1993's A Few Good Men. Oh, he was yes. Director. Right. Yep. Oh, that's a oh, right on. Yeah. Good movie. Okay. Man, so good movie. I haven't seen that. Surprising. What? No one. You haven't seen that? Oh, my God. Yancey, you would love that movie. It's really good. Okay, so in the early drafts and scripts of the film, yep. what was the band's first name going to be? Oh, like this in is, the original script before they yep. actually came out? This is out. a little bit of a trick question, but yes. Um, I don't know. It was Spinal Tap, but it was actually spelled S-P-Y-N-A-L. Oh, very cool. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell this, uh, judging from past episodes, but I spent a lot of time on trivia this week. I'm so glad. I know. That, that's like, good. Oh, you definitely did. And you're, and you're stumping me, too. So that's good. 
Okay, so you were talking about cameos. I know you know this, but can you name the two actors that played the mimes, Morty and the other one that I don't think they actually remember? Uh, they oh, don't well, mention his well, name. Well, Billy Crystal was Morty, but Dana Carvey was the other one. Okay, so yeah, you, yeah. you nailed that as well. Yeah. Um, Episode 45, Ex Machina, movie review. Fun with Yancey. Okay, so this is the part of the show where I'm going to ask you some trivia. You love this movie a lot. This is the highest rated movie of yours that we've done on this show so far. So this, Correct. This one ranks the highest. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so I got some questions for you. Yancey, uh, Alicia Weekender. okay? She plays Ava. She's a mm-hmm. Swedish actress, and uh, she speaks with an American accent for the role, and so she obviously landed the part for this movie. But do you know which actress was seriously considered for the role before they eventually settled on Vikander? Um, I don't know, but I'm going to guess and say Scarlett Johansson. No, it was Molly Ringwald. What? I'm just <laughs> you. I'm totally oh. <laughs> I'm just pulling a Gen X goof on you. No, it was Felicity Jones almost got the part, actually, believe it or not. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. pretty close. Okay. Um, okay, so this movie, I mentioned that I felt that the parallels were close to Frankenstein, but this movie is actually a de facto retelling of a Shakespearean play. Yancey, can you name the play that this movie is actually based on? I cannot, and nor will I. <laughs> the Tempest. Okay. All right. I I have not read it. I'm not familiar. Okay, sir. This movie was nominated, believe it or not, for two Academy Awards. And it actually (laughs) won an Oscar, surprisingly enough to me. I'm just totally kidding you. Um, So, yeah, no, it actually won an Oscar. It's nominated for two and it won an Oscar. Can you name the category in which the film took home the gold? Mm. I know it's not going to be one of the bigger ones like Best Picture or something, right? It's got to be – it's got to be something with like – CGI or something. I'm not sure exactly what the category yeah, was. I guess I'll give it to you as best visual effects. And actually, okay. I'm surprised because it was up against Mad Max Fury Road. And Mad Max Fury Road won like every like, technical yeah. award that year. Which, but but the other thing, sorry, yeah? Which, by the way, they just announced production. The script is completed and there's going to be a sequel to Mad Max, which I'm very, very excited about. So that's a little aside. But. I hate to break it to you, but the sequel to Mad Max was in 1983. OK, <laughs> uh, so anyway, a little bit of Gen X, you know, you know ire there. OK, uh, the other thing, too, is the visual effects. So X Machina won, but it was also up against Star Wars The Force Awakens. You uh, Seriously, you're telling me this movie's visual effects were better than Star Wars The Force Awakens? Give me a friggin break. All they did was they CGI'd <laughs> over the girl to make her look like she she had see-through parts. Ah, oh, come on. Okay. Uh, the other thing, it was also nominated for a writing for the best uh, original screenplay. Okay? But it okay. lost a spotlight. But, uh, okay. Oscar Isaac. Uh, he obviously famously played X-Wing pilot Poe Dameron in Star mm-hmm. Wars The Force Awakens. We mentioned that. Even though Porkins is the best X-Wing pilot who ever lived, damn it. Um, but anyway, he's not the only member of the cast to appear in The Force Awakens. Domino Gleason was also mm-hmm. in the Star Wars movie. Yancey, can you name the character that Domino Gleeson played in Star Wars The Force Awakens? I believe you already did. I think it was, uh, is it Hux? General Hux? Yes. Give me that correct. Yes, that's correct. He's great in that too, by the way. Oh, yeah, he's he absolutely great. fantastic yeah, he in that. He was, uh, okay, I'm not even going to get into it too much more. I, didn't, I, I, <laughs> I thought he was a little bit miscast in this movie, Ex Machina. I thought it could have been played by different actors. It's anyway. so wild how you and I can have such I completely know, different takes on Isn't it, Chris. That crazy? Um, wow, there you go. Uh, okay, so the title, Ex Machina. It's mm-hmm. actually a shortened version of a Greek saying, which is deus ex machina, which means God from the machine. So the term is it's kind of evolved over the years. Like it kind of like now means a bit of a plot device where sort of like this 
unsolvable problem is suddenly like there's been an intervention somehow and some new character has dropped in and kind of solved the problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Yancey, what trippy TV series, which began in 2004, had an episode named Deuce Ex Machina in its first season? Do you know? Uh, <laughs> when you first like when you first mentioned to me this movie, hey, we're going to watch a movie called Ex Machina. The first thing I thought of was an episode was an episode titled uh, Deuce Ex Machina from this TV series. So that's why I put it in here. Two thousand and four, two thousand and four, trippy TV series. Trippy. I got nothing. Crazy. It's what is lost. It? Lost. It's the one oh. where Locke and Boone go looking for the plane up on the cliff. Anyway. Okay. Uh, okay. So Ex Machina, Yancey, was – this is – you get a three-part, okay? You get one of three. I'm going to narrow it down. Was this movie a little <laughs> a lot <laughs> or mega <laughs> What do you think? Um, I'll go with a little <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sorry. In fact, it was mega <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm still totally kidding. it. Episode 46, Revenge of the Nerds, movie review. Fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey, so over to you. You want to throw some trivia at me? Okay, sure. Um, As always, you rattled off like three or four of the questions I was going to answer. So uh, (laughs) I have to like cross off some and go down the list. I'll give you the first one. All right. So at the very beginning, uh, one of the first, I think it's actually the very first scene of the film. uh, They talk about the acronym ARV. Do you know what ARV stands for? Do you recall? Uh, average restroom visits. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Very, very nice. Yes. 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 That was oh. the first inkling where I'm like, okay, these are legit dorks. Like these yes. are geeks that would. Because yeah, he's like, oh, I, got the, I got the cruise control set at 35 or something like that. It was like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I try to be a little different, not just talk about the, the film itself, just because sure. you know everything inside and out. But okay. So we were mentioning uh, Lamar, his character. Yes. Uh, Larry B. Scott actually plays him. Can you name his other two major popular movie credits? Uh, well, I know for sure he was in uh, Space Camp. That was a big one, but other than that, oh, I just can't think of it off the top of my head. That was the big one, I would say. I actually mentioned it earlier, and it was the Karate Kid. Oh, the oh, right, right, right. What, what part did he play in that? He was one of the dragon, one of the dragon guys. Oh, okay. He was just like another Karate Kid, basically. I don't know, maybe he didn't have a line or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you're you're probably right, but whenever I looked up in his IMBD page, that's basically like what he was known for was those those couple of roles. Um, that was kind of a cheap one. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right, so you, we talked about actress Julia Montgomery. She plays the very lovely Betty Childs, who we see a lot of in this film. Uh, yeah, a lot, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's for all sure. Right, can you name? She was actually on Cheers for one episode. I don't know if you knew that or not. Did you? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. No. Okay, so you're probably not going to get this, but like I said, she did play uh, in one Cheers episode in 1992. The name of the episode was titled "The Beer Is Always Greener." Okay. Um, by chance, can you name the first name of the character that she played in that episode of Cheers? I don't think I could. No, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was trying to tie two things that I knew that you you were slightly aware of, but uh, her name was actually Ellen. Oh, so cool. Ellen. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, so this film is based around the fictitious Adams College. What real-life university did they actually shoot this film in? Oh, they shot it in Tucson, Arizona at the University of um, Arizona. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Very nice. Ooh. I knew you would get that, I thought. So, 
Okay. Um, the, the, so funny, the funny thing was, just as a little side story, the, yeah. um, the, the president of that university didn't want them to do it. He was like, okay, yeah, you guys can shoot your movie here. Why not? Hollywood movie, you got to come here and shoot. I'm fine with that. Until he read the script. He read the script and was like, I don't want them to do this. At that point, it was too late, right? So he didn't mm-hmm. back out. He let them actually shoot it there. And so what they did was they took his name and they gave Booger, because Booger in the script was just called Booger, and they gave Booger's a real name in one of the scenes and his name was Dudley Dawson and that was the name of the president of the university at the time very nice ah, this is a little side thing anyway very nice okay so we talked about John Goodman's character um, so his name is never actually spoken by any character in the entire show no it's not movie. you're right it isn't yeah um, but it is you- but yes but it is actually written on the door of his office and it's Coach Harris uh, damn it Chris <laughs> oh yes Okay. It's also right. in the closing credits, if I remember correctly. So, it might be. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't stick around for the credits. To be honest with you. Um, can you name the video game that Wormser was playing on that little black and white TV? Oh, it was something like DVX or something like that. I oh, I can't remember it off the top of my head. I think you got. It. I'll give you partial credit. Oh, there I get is part an X of it. in it. Yep. <laughs> it was called Space Master X Seven. So oh, you Space you were Master in the ballpark. Yeah, I can tell yeah. you. You probably read it before. I'd, I'd heard it before. I knew it. Yeah. And then, okay, by so, the way, and how about sorry? How about that uh, that scene when when Gilbert and Judy are in the computer lab, and he's like showing her like, "Hey, this is what I can do with a computer." And he's using the two stick people to like hold hands and dance. At the time, Yancey, that was like major, you know, incredible things he was doing with the computer. Just so you know. and I like speaking of unrealisticness in movies. He's literally just like mashing buttons and like somehow making like everything work. I know. He's just like yeah. typing in. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, okay. That's yeah. not how that works. There's no mouse on the computer. It's all like basic programming at the time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but sure, man. That's cool. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, my last question. Like I said, I had like five more that you, you mentioned Sorry. during the show. Uh, so the seen. title track of the soundtrack for this is aptly called Revenge of the Nerds. Can you yes. name the band that performs it? Um, yeah, actually, I can. They were the Rubinos, right? Yes, they were. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. They Didn't was, expect you to get that one either. Call me a dork, a spaz, or a geek. Yeah, I know. It. Oh, it's really bad. Oh, uh, pretty good yeah. stuff, Chris. Oh, what can I say? I really like this movie. I grew up, like I say, when I was 14 years old. I saw this movie. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And, you know, it's kind of stuck with me ever since, you know, just the way it is. Episode 47, Childhood Celebrity Crushes. Fun with Yancey. Okay, so are you guys ready to to do some trivia based on our topic tonight? Yeah, let's do it. So what I decided to do is I put together some trivia questions. I'm going to throw them out there. So I'll tell you what, you guys can be a tag team. Okay, so you guys can just, whenever you think you know the answer, maybe just blur it out and just just see if you know it. So this first one should be an easy one, uh, especially for Danielle, because it's already come up once in this podcast. (laughs) Okay, so this magazine aimed primarily at teenage and preteen girls started back in 1965. And throughout the years, the covers were mostly made up of like collages of headshots and stuff. And they featured many of the sort of heartthrobs of the day. So can you name this teen heartthrob magazine? I wasted a lot of allowance on Teen <laughs> Magazine. <laughs> what was it called? Teen Beat Magazine. No, no, close. No, no Are not. we talking about like 16 Mag or like Cosmo or something? Oh, Teen Beat is so no, there was close. Bop. There no, was. I, want, I almost want to give it to you. It's not Teen Beat. <laughs> Think of you go to the zoo and there is an animal. Tiger Beat? Yes, that's it. Tiger Beat. Yes. <laughs> Tiger Beat magazine. There, was, there were a few of them. Oh, There was a bunch is, of them. You're right. There was Teen yeah. Beat, Tiger Beat. Is it still around? 
Yes, it's still around as far as I know. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. So tying into that one into the next question. So back in the late 70s and early 80s, this male, he was an actor and singer, really. And he was featured almost weekly. Every week, he would be on every teen magazine you can imagine on, on, the, on the cover. And I think he was the subject of just about every teenage girl's crush at one point or another during his reign that he had as a cover boy. And after years of dealing with substance abuse, he resurfaced years later in reality shows like Fear Factor and Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. Yancey, Danielle, can you name the former child star and cover model who graced the magazine of every single magazine in the 70s and 80s? No. No. <laughs> Danielle, this is, this is on you. Come on. This is totally you. So, so think of a tree and what's something that falls from a tree. A leaf. Yes, a leaf. A pine cone. A leaf. A leaf. <laughs> does the leaf does leaf help you help you at all, Danielle? I can't remember his last name. Leaf Garrett. Leaf Garrett. He was like the biggest of the big in those magazines back in the day. Okay, so back in the nineties. So this one I think is going to be right in your wheelhouse, Danielle. Okay, so this male actor had teenage girls' hearts all over America crushing on him for simply saying one. I wouldn't even say it's a word, just one sort of syllable, and that was, whoa. Who was he? Joey Lauren. Yep. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> Yancey's like, who is that? Okay, Scott Bayo. Yancey, you probably know him as one of the, the very few celebrities out there that were willing to endorse Donald Trump. Donald during, Trump, yeah, correct. During his campaign, <laughs> went for U.S. presidency in 2016. Um, but however... It had been many, actually many, many, many years since Scott Baio was known to the general public. But believe it or not, Scott Baio was actually a huge crush of ton of teenage girls right across the United States when he starred in Happy Days. Yancey, Danielle, can you name Scott Baio's character on Happy Days? Do you know it, Yancey? <laughs> what do you, well, honestly, Danielle, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he later got his own show. <laughs> Chachi. Yes. And he later Wait, got his... loves Chachi. I was gonna say, is this a show? Because I remember watching, I think it was like Dodgeball and Ben Stiller's character. It's like, Jody loves Chachi. Is that what that's from? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Oh, so I kind of know it, I guess. Oh, man. It's just funny these millennial references. You at least know a reference. Yeah, there, there you go. That's close. Okay. So one of the most popular crushes from the 90s was Winnie Cooper from The Wonder Years. Can you name the actress that played Winnie Cooper? Huge crush of Danica McKellar. Yes, very good. Yes, that's it. All right. (laughs) Okay, so one final one here. A little bit of a tough one. Okay, so every, as I'm sure you're aware, every single decade always has a famous pinup girl, right? In the 50s, it was Marilyn Monroe. You know, the 80s, there was Heather Thomas. The 90s had Pamela Anderson. So can you name? Bo Derek. (laughs) <laughs> Can you name? Sorry. Nancy? Close, I guess. Can you name the famous pinup girl of the 1970s? She had the highest selling poster of all time. And Farrah Fawcett. Oh, my God. Yes. Nice. Oh, very good. Yes. Oh. And what was the you know, fa- honestly, 
as an aside, obviously Farrah Fawcett was a very, very gorgeous woman. Right. I feel so bad for her because, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't she die the same day as Michael Jackson? Yes. And, like, his death yes. completely yeah. over, like, shadowed hers. And, like, she had a very, very illustrious career for a long time. And I just remember watching the news, and it was like, oh, MJ, MJ, MJ. Oh, yeah, by the way, Farrah Fawcett died today, too. I was like, oh, like, you know, it sucks to die regardless. But, man, that was kind of sad. That, <laughs> you know, she had to kind of, like, share that day with, like, a, you know, one of the most famous people of all time. But... Yeah, yeah, I remember having the same reaction because her death was announced first and then MJ. And it was like mm. one of those times where you see somebody kind of famous and you get excited about it. And then you see somebody really famous behind them and you just go right past. And, yep. and, and that's kind of what her death was like. Gone. Exactly. But By the way, man. this is kind of random, too. But yeah. I'm a huge fan of like that that feathered look that the women of the 60s and 70s did with their hair. I think that's so beautiful. And it's like one trend that I wish would come back today. I think it's just absolutely beautiful. And that was, and Farrah Fawcett was like the queen of that. Like, I mean, her hair was, was her better hair was the was not the star of that poster. Let me tell you, there was one other thing. It <laughs> was a little bit more famous, but she was really one, known for that. One other day. thing. <laughs> yeah, just, well, I think there was just one that you could see. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was no. Uh, it was a little cold in the <laughs> studio that day. Let's just say that. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. Music.